McGibbon and Chris here to connect your brain We wanna stress that this isn't just a quest for fame Always verbally travelling to the best terrain And only interviewing guests who say yes to change Despite what you're thinking, yes we're sane Even though we don't talk, look or dress the same And maybe our ways won't impress the Danes But at least we can say we go against the grain Should we just let it run for a sec, make sure it doesn't loop? No. Come on. All good? We're all good. All right. I, uh, I did my um, background research on GarageBand <laughs> editing last night till really? about 12 That's why you're sounding so authoritative, And right? so <laughs> I was, uh, you know, if I, if I do it, I do it kind of properly and I'll like yeah. look up what it actually happens and, and how to yeah. do it all. So wow, wow. Um, cool. that's yeah. why I was like a little bit like, no, it's all right, we can do this now. Did so you research last Yeah, time. yeah, man. It's all good. Now you're almost as professional as ABC Studios. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I take it they weren't. They didn't loop the first. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's All right, start. We'll start from the top. Hello, listeners, and thank you for tuning in to the newly redefined version of our pod- podcast. Uh, it's now called Against the Grain, formerly Mind Maps. Um, you're with your hosts, David, myself, and William McGibbon. With me here. Um, today we have a very special guest all the way from London. Well, he's not here just to see us. He's, um, he's in town visiting family. Been um, on the media tour today. Been on the media tour. It's um, the artist, street artist Jimmy C. Uh, he does murals in iconic locations all over the world. And um, he's sort of come to a bit of fame lately because of his David Bowie mural in, in South London, which kind of became a bit of a, sh- a shrine, a huge sort of pile of flowers. Lots of people gathered there after um, David Bowie passed away. Um, so thanks for joining us, Jimmy. Yeah, uh, thanks for inviting me on the show. Why don't you tell us a little about your day today? You've um, been, had a, been on a couple of radio stations. Yeah, yeah. Today it was a bit of a media day. I know. I just, I just had. To, I, I did a um, an ABC. I went to ABC Studios to do a radio interview with them, and then I was uh, talking on three D radio. Good old local Adelaide station. You shout out to three D radio. Keep yeah. it real. Keep it real. Represent <laughs> the community. Keep it real. Um, and that that was really fun and really nice. You know, so. Um, and then now I'm here with you guys. So. I thought we might start by kind of rewinding back to when you first got into um, street art or graffiti or whatever it was at that time for you. Um, so yeah, maybe just tell us a bit about how you got into it, what your inspiration was, what your interests were, and, and how you ended up sort of getting into that scene. Yeah, um, I, I got involved in the graffiti scene in Adelaide in the late '80s. Um, it was still an underground emerging art form which basically um, which we Australia inherited from America from New York from the hip-hop tradition um, that kind of swept the world quite quickly um, during the 80s and so yeah but it was it was it was it was a small it was very underground at that time you know it hadn't kind of become commercialized yet in any way you know for us to access even um, a hip-hop track we had to, you know, find an underground radio station that to find that kind of music. It was it was completely not mainstream at that at that time. So same thing with the the paint we used. You know, everything we had to adapt and find our own materials. We had to use strange paint like car paint, shoe paint, and make do whatever we had. Um, so you know, when I look back at those times, it was it was pretty amazing. You know, what how we improvised with what we had. But that's you know that's all. Um, I guess that's all part of it of kind of what you, you know you can almost say the pioneering days 
Um, so yeah, so that was in the late 80s. And, and then I, I just, yeah, um, once I got my skills up using the spray can, which was done in the middle of the night. Yeah. Um, mainly, uh, on, along the railway line. And um, anyone in particular, like we're talking about the belay line here, or yeah, I, I was belay line, and then I also worked on Nolanda line as well. Yeah, because um, those two converged. Did you have like territory? <laughs> did you have like a? Did you have your territory? Or did people kind of like vie for different spots? Was yeah, it, it was like a that? bit like that. Yeah, it, it, it was a bit like, like surfing. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. It kind of was like that. Um, but it, most of the time, it was. That, that, that's the good thing about it back then. It was still, because we were such a small, closed community, we all kind of knew each other. Yeah. And then that was, you know, we had this thing called the writer's bench where we would meet in the city every Friday. Mm. And that would be, you know, a, a meeting of people from all the different railway lines coming together to talk about what they've done. And of course, we didn't have internet or mobile phones, so we could only talk about, we actually go out and catch the train to see the piece and talk about it or photographs. That's yeah. awesome. So you're kind of forced to um, experience each other's art in the real sense rather than looking at photos, looking at Instagram, looking at... That obviously, was, the, that, those things didn't... I mean, you, photography could have been an option, but... That was the difference. We, you had to... In most cases, you'd go out and catch the train to see it. Yeah. Um, to, yeah and, and therefore experience it. Yeah. Was there... Um, you know, we, we uh, one of the other people we had on an earlier podcast um, was a, is a hip-hop artist, and he got into that through... Uh, skating and kind of hanging out in that scene and I'm just kind of curious was there an element of um, an attraction to the adrenaline and the civil disobedience sort of <coughs> aspect of it that it was kind of you know it was exciting and there was, you might get caught and and that sort of thing and you kind of egg each other on yeah um, I think that's just part of being an, an adolescent yeah I think any kid um, looks you know looks for that kind of thing danger and in in the graffiti scene, yeah, there, there was a lot of it if, if you wanted to have it, you know. Yeah. Everything was kind of dangerous in what, what you were doing, whether that was painting the night or hanging off trains and catching trains. So yeah, that was just all part of, you know, trying to find your identity as an, ad, ad, as an adolescent. And um, so, yeah, so it, it, everything was all mixed together for me. It was that, yeah. you know, work, painting, so I was expressing myself. But it was also, yeah, I was young and I didn't have my identity was lacking at home so I found it on the street yeah. with my friends I found mm. a new family on, on the street mm. and you know and that's what most graffiti writers kind of talk about is they say they, they really only paint for each other mm. they don't they're not that really um, they don't care too much about what the public think of their work mm. um, so yeah and and then that's that's the difference kind of with street art um Street art is different. It's a lot more conscious of, you know, every, of the of the audience. Yeah. On on all kind of levels, mm. you know, political level, social level, um, whatever. It's where whereas graffiti is a very subcultural kind of um, thing, almost with a set of, with with a set of rules and codes to follow. Mm. Why do you paint now? You said you mentioned before that when you're in this street street painting gang you did it for each other who do you paint for now um well look even back then yes at heart i was painting for myself you know still and um but so now yeah yeah i still i still paint for myself 
but we you're still aware of the audience and you know you, you want to um, share something so I mean and most of my work today the theme underlying themes are actually like interconnection so it's how we all relate to each other anyway and what message yeah. do you want to bring about in your artwork if you have a message to bring uh, now <coughs> it, it would be yeah t- that thing uh, interconnection which is how we are related how we are connected to each other but how we connected to the earth mm-hmm. to the planet and also to the universe yeah so you know that's if you look at the themes of my work is okay the you know my style is the form of pointillism where my image is made out of dots and from there I went on to the dot becoming the sphere and then the sphere became a motif in my work which is still it's it's in all of my work now and that sphere to me speaks about uh, you know the relationship what, what, what we're composed of and how we relate to each other and how we're connected to each other on the atomic level mm. um, and on a larger inter, interplanetary level mm. so um, yeah and and so not only can it, it does it talk about like matter and the substance of the universe it, you know it talks about the finer things that can't be measured like kind of energy as well you know even people are trying to you know measure these things like you know there's, there's two there's two theories of what the universe is made out of it's either um, particles or matter sorry is made out of it's particles or electro um, magnetic waves and the funny thing is do you know what the difference between either of them is um yeah well you know that's this was demonstrated in the um in in the, the famous the the, uh, the slip uh, oh, experiment yeah. I've seen this where this this is where science got sorry you know listeners are probably getting bored, quantum, quantum bored physics we're suddenly going off on a really scientific tangent this is nothing to do no, it's actually not the first time that's happened on this is, okay, so. we actually have it, our, our podcast we, we we just want to surprise you it is actually a quantum physics <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah yeah so welcome can you tell us everything about the universe yeah. you're you're yeah. our teacher oh, right, yeah. oh wow um, by the way everyone question everything like that we say yeah. for facts just yeah. get it get fact it right check. hashtag fact check yeah 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 that's right um <laughs> yeah um no no so anyway but yeah quick just quickly summing up that the slit the double slit double slit experiment showed that you know they took they, they shot um a particle through through a slit and what it it it, tri- it tricked them because it when it um it, it reacted in two different ways on and depending on how it was observed um, and one when they they measured it, it was like a a particle um, being shot through and on the other side being a particle. But mm. when sorry when they think that then when they observed it, it became um, electromagnetic waves. So what they were saying is that reality changed on yeah. depending on who observed it. Yeah. So suddenly the laws of science had, had suddenly been so stable. Yeah. All those years were suddenly yeah. going, like no. It, you can, it's and that, and that and that gave birth to millions of other theories like yeah. the holographic universe, all that kind of stuff. Have you ever heard of a guy called Dr. Lawrence Krauss? I've heard of him. He's got this um he's got this YouTube video called A Universe from Nothing or Yeah, and it is absolutely brilliant. If every, if anyone hasn't watched it, check it out. He's a really charismatic guy and um you would absolutely love it. He talks yeah, cool. all about this kind of mm the world and could influence a new line of uh, murals perhaps we'll see yeah yeah but um i guess i you know i went off on a bit of a tangent there um but yeah at, at heart my the work my work is it's yeah it's kind of it tries to think about some of those ideas about what reality is made up of um like every a lot of people correlate my work to impressionism um they always say you know you 
you know, because I, I work with dots, layers of colours, and especially especially in, in France where I've, I've had a lot of um, exhibitions and I work with galleries in France, and straight away they always draw that parallel. Like, yeah, you, you're, you're the modern day Impressionist. Um, but the thing is, you know, back the Impressionists were very interested in the science of light and optics as well. That's how they were thinking. They were thinking about optically and what light particles were doing. Mm. And so, but so am I, so am I, but with the knowledge we have now, which mm. is we know a lot more than what the, the 19th century impressionists did. Why, why would like, that be offensive? Like, wouldn't that be a compliment to you? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's kind of a compliment, but yeah. you, know, you don't want to be doing a... Um, you don't want to seem like you're rehashing old groups. Yeah, yeah, kind of. So, you, yeah. you know... But surely um, there is this oneness of art where it's just art, you know? Why does it have to be into compartments? You talk about the universe and, and all this um, assimilation... Why can't art just be art? You know, everything is art. Movement is art. Yeah, well, yeah, that's... Music is art. True, true, yeah. Um, yeah, that's, uh, you know, yeah, when you get down to the heart of it, it, it is. But I guess, historically, we've had these kind of movements that have tried to talk about different ideas. Um, and, that yeah, that was a very 20th century avant-garde thing, having the kind of, you know one movement following another and we just, and, and each, one of those each of those movements believed they were going to change the world uh, with their you know with, the artists with, did with their yeah with, with their they you know they had manifestos everything with surrealism thought this is a whole new this is psychoanalysis this is a whole new way of perceiving reality futurism whole like let's destroy the old and um, reinvent the new uh, constructivism etc etc it was they all were so artists are activists almost yeah, 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 yeah. They are, they are activists in a much grander scale than um, someone just protesting on a on a street. If, 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 if they want to be, you know. It probably this, goes hand in hand with like, yeah, more so with like street art. And yeah, and, and now that, and okay, now we'll, we'll connect that to street art. Okay, so a figure like Banksy is an activist. So if you want to talk about uh, an, uh, an activist artist, yeah, that's some street artists take that stance. So yeah. We actually have a couple of questions about Banksy, but we'll, we'll go to them later. Um, well, we can, no, we can go with this. Oh, yeah, you know, I'm sort of interested to hear a bit more about the kind of um, early days. So when did you, like, do you remember the point when you decided that art was going to be your career? Like, you actually thought this is something where I can, uh, you know, I can dedicate my life to it and make a living from it, and that's going to be what I do? And did you have to reject something else to make that decision? Yeah, um, there was... I, yeah, I think there was a point there, were, and and there was that point where you know you would sort of gone too far to go to re, the point yeah. of no return. Yeah, there, I remember it got to that point, like when you kind of like twenty five. Uh, I was in uh, third year university art school. Yeah, I ended up. I did a four year degree, and then I did one two years masters at the University of South Australia. <clears throat> but um, yeah, then it got to that point where you sort of you realise you're given so much time. To this, and that it would sort of be silly to start over. I mean, even though it was, you know, at the same time, it's never too late to reinvent yourself or start over. But yeah, um, yeah, there, there were different points. It was always somehow integrated in my life in some way. Even when I was just painting in the studio, I was all my other work was still linked to the art. Like whether that was teaching or community arts projects or aerosol art workshops with adolescents, yeah. it was somehow linked to the arts. But then. It eventually shifted more and more to the studio. Yeah. When, probably when I actually started, you know, when I started selling my work, and I yeah. realised I could live as an artist. 
Yeah. Um, and even that is an unpredictable path that's still you know up and down up until this day. Yeah. But once you kind of get to that point, it's it's pretty hard to go back. Yeah. Yeah. How, how did that sort of, um, you know, those early days of trying to commercialise your practice in Adelaide? Um, you mentioned that you did some sort of workshops with young people. What, what, were the, what were the gigs that you first got into in Adelaide before you went overseas? Uh, it were all community arts projects, mainly, and mural, and mural commissions. And they were, they were commissioned by? Um, mainly councils. Uh, yeah, more than often kind of council projects or, yeah. or like arts um funding bodies like actually what it was often it was like regional country towns they would apply for funding mm. from like bodies like arts sa or yeah car clue and stuff like that and they're yeah. like we want to do a mural arts project in our town so and um yeah I, I did that i was involved in that for many years i saw the images of the bowie mural and and sort of some of the media that you were getting around that um so yeah i, I guess you know we'd be interested in hearing um sort of how that came about um, and you know how you chose the location yeah it was um, it was pretty amazing what you know all those events that unfolded mm. um, f- firstly I, I, I painted that wall oh like two years it was in 2013 yeah um, there was two exhibitions going on at that time in London um, celebrating the life of David Bowie one was at the, the VNA the Victoria and Albert Museum kind of sort of like a retrospective on David Bowie's uh, life and all his video and his, his costumes and um, or, yeah just look, uh, uh, yeah a nice a survey kind of show and then there was another exhibition in a gallery called Opera Gallery in Mayfair which had a show called The Many Faces of David Bowie which they invited me to participate in um, to do a portrait of David Bowie in my style and so I did that on canvas and then because I'm kind of working on the street anyway, it was just it made sense for me to just go do a work on the street in conjunction to these events, to the, um, the two exhibitions that were taking place. So uh, yeah, then, so then I sort of had to think of where to do it. And the weird thing is the obvious place is like East London, because that's where like most of the street art is centered in, um, in London. But yeah, for some reason it just felt too predictable for me to do that. So I kind of, I started like kind of researching, you know, Bowie's life, like watching a lot of documentaries, and then you know, then I, the first thing I noticed that okay, he was he was born in Brixton, mm. so I thought, yeah, that, okay, I, I said I'll go have a look down at Brixton because there was like there's no hardly any street art in Brixton, mm. there still isn't much. It, it started it's kind of changing now, but it wasn't a lot when I did that wall. So to, yeah, actually, to just do that location was even unusual in itself. Yeah. Um, but because you know that link. To, to Bowie it seemed, yeah, seemed like a good idea so yeah so I, I found this wall and um, it was yeah an, an amazing location but yeah. almost, almost too good to be true kind of wall you know like directly across from the tube station um, beautiful wall on the side of this department store and yeah and I, I walked into the store and David Bowie's song The Gene Genie was playing and I know I thought mm, that's, okay that's a good sign and um, you know, went up. So can I, can I see the manager? Went upstairs, had a chat with the manager, and you know, and she was kind of generally okay for it. And as soon as I started painting it, the um, it was embraced very quickly by the community. And um, yeah, the mural was still there to this day. Is it common knowledge in Brixton that David Bowie's from Brixton? Because that's not that's not something I knew, and I was a little bit surprised when I um, found that out. Because for anyone who hasn't been to Brixton, 
well, I mean, at some point it became a very sort of thriving um, ca- uh, sort of Caribbean neighborhood. That's the kind of, um, you know, you go to the markets there and um, it's very much that um, culture and flavor that's in that area. Yeah. Um, perhaps it wasn't like that when David grew, Bowie grew up there. Um, but um, yeah, it, it, uh, I, I was a little bit surprised yeah. that that's where he was from. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I'm not sure if anyone, if everyone knows that, but the, the Brixton locals certainly do. Yeah. They're, you know, they're, they're, they're very proud of that fact. Yeah, which is um, why it's still there today, two years later. Uh, yeah, 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 it is, yeah. And, I was, and that's why I was just, I, I could not have known that that would have, that people would have gravitated to that wall as a, um, a kind of an unofficial shrine. Yeah. So. Um, what does, you know, you're based in, in London, um, you travel around and do murals all over the place. What is a sort of what does the last twelve months look like for you in terms of where you've done artwork and and what type of sort of commissions you've got? The, the last twelve yeah the last twelve months um I, I have been traveling a lot. Um, I went to Brazil and painted in São Paulo because I was curious because I I'd always heard it was one of the street art capitals of the world. Yeah. So you know that's. It's kind of I need, I need to see that you know <laughs> if I'm involved in this yeah that's something know, I've heard as well the big deal in this in this scene yeah and plus I had friends there so I had a place to stay yeah um, you know and since then I've met some really good friends like actually we, weirdly enough all the, the last collaborations I've done with artists are all Brazilian so um, and I've had to, yeah I've done some is that because your styles match up or they're just I don't know. awesome people or what's yeah the... yeah a bit of both yeah a bit of both. Yeah. One, one, the first guy, particularly our styles matched, but in a way that you wouldn't expect. He works in layers of, of tags. He's like he's like a street bomber, like you know. He's that's why I kind of love this guy because he, he keeps it real to the roots. He's like putting his name up on the streets every day in, in all over like Brazil, São Paulo, um, in favelas. He's like one of those rare people that just keeps it yeah. kind of raw. But you know he does stuff on canvas as well, and his um and when he does murals, he works in it's like layers and layers and layers of tags until it becomes like an abstract web, or you know a massive monochromatic field of just layers of tags. So I work in layers as well. So we did a collaboration, and it was weird. Even though we had different approaches, our styles mm. kind of um, matched. The, okay, the guy I'm talking about right now is his name Slicks, and we did a, I did a portrait of Clarice Lispector who was a Brazilian writer who's very well res- respected in um, Brazil so we I did a portrait of her and he kind of worked around the background um, the other guy you mentioned is uh, L7M who I've collaborated with twice and mm. he, he's, a, he's a different um, style yeah he's a yeah he's an incredibly explosive and spontaneous um, style very intuitive and yeah, very, very t- incredibly talented. It artist. must be a pretty um, kind of amazing, powerful way to connect with someone and get to know them. To like work on a huge piece of art with them, spend a lot of time working with them, you know, investing in that, planning it, designing it together, and then actually doing it, and then having something to show for it. That uh, must be a pretty cool way to um, meet people around the world. It, it definitely, it is, it is, and because so much about that painting is a kind of, is kind of a trust thing you know you, yeah you don't, you don't know what's going to happen and yeah and you, and it's tr- you, you've got to trust each other and um, sometimes it looks like the, you know the thing's going to be destroyed and you have to kind of you know not hope just just do it it's, it's a synthesis of two you know p- 
people coming together and you just yeah and that's what that's why i like about collaboration now yeah because i like that unexpected thing you don't know what you're going to get when i paint i generally know what's going to happen when you collaborate you, you don't there's no way do you feel there's a lot more pressure in that situation when you're collaborating they yeah they can be yeah like, i remember when i did this world with slicks there was like a certain point in it i just said this is going to be a disaster you know it, and but it, what you know but at, in the end it's a really nice thing yeah um so yeah so i've enjoyed that the collaborations recently um and then yeah i've i've most of them my other travels are mainly kind of europe and although and then i did just before adelaide the last place i was was in miami i finally got to miami to paint is kind of crazy in its own way especially at that time of the year art the art basil weekend yeah it's like yeah it's a bit it's a bit of a circus every, what goes on is it every night parties it's yeah it's every night parties and it's every art person participator dealer collector gallerist is in town at that for those for that week this is really embarrassing but I think I've seen this on the, sh- the TV show Gallery Girls which is like a reality <laughs> show about girls who work in art galleries in New York anyway yeah uh, yeah um, well yeah if any, the, especially for the US it's a big thing in the US yeah yeah. did you did you find that um, Gallery Girls like by accident like were you looking for something Elise else? loved it I had my girlfriend and uh, yeah she's, a, she's an artist actually so she um, hey I'm not going to lie I enjoyed watching it as well so there you go um, what um, what piece of art or what piece of street art have you done that you're most proud of? Yeah, that's um, that's a tricky because that's almost like when you ask someone, you know, what is your favorite album or what is your favorite film? Sometimes you it yeah. Sometimes there is one, but for me, it kind of it, it changes all the time as I change. Um, but I yeah, so I can't really think of one. Um, you know, like I have good memories of like the, those collaborations, the experience and the memory of doing it. Um, but, you know, and yeah, it's like when they say you're only as good as your last work, it's kind of like I like the work that I'm doing at the time because I'm, put, yeah. I'm putting everything into it and that's my best work. But then like three days later, maybe it's not my, it's, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm over it. Do you end up um, hating old work or like being disappointed with old work because you, your style progresses, your skills progress or change and you yes you know end yeah. up disliking stuff you did a few years ago um not really um, because you, you have to accept that that's that's where you were and you were just trying to do what you could at that time so um no i'm not really you know maybe i could spot things that i've um yeah that i don't like so much but i but yeah i'm not I don't. I just. That's a really cool. Philosophy. You're not. You, you don't. You're not that sort of typical kind of self-loathing artist that's never happy with what they do. And I, I probably have a little bit of that in me. Like I, 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 I'm pretty ruthless with my recycling canvases. Like you know, in my studio, I, I paint over a lot of old canvases, layers where. And I remember when I had you know people in my studio, they say, oh, don't I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll have that. Please or, let me buy it. <laughs> yeah, or something like that. But so it's, it's quite, it's funny because people, they wouldn't even realize some of the paintings I sell, they've probably got about three paintings underneath them. Um, <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, That's yeah. a bargain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they wouldn't, yeah, it's no, so, um, yeah, so, it, you know, it depends. I can be kind of, um, it, it just depends what, 
I think that's the that's why it's a bit tricky painting on the street because you haven't got you what you put down there is what stays, unless you come back the next day and paint over it. Uh, but yeah, it's a very it's or a very, someone ruins it. It's a very public thing, you know. Is so, that a is that a something that you is a, is a big risk that someone will come and do a huge tag over your work or throw a bucket of paint on it? Someone I don't know. Like, does that actually happen or? Uh, it can happen, yeah, and that's part of the nature of painting on the street, which is which I learned to do, uh, especially when I moved to London. I learned to do it, which was to let go and not have any attachment to the work. Where when you paint on the street, yeah, you you, can't, you have to let it go. Yeah. And in doing that, it's, it also has there's, there's a lot of um, freedom in, in doing that in, in the way you paint it as well. Um, so um, yeah, but strangely enough, or and luckily enough, my work generally gets respected and I doesn't get. Yeah. Well, that's a testament to the work, yeah. I assume. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, so but it's it's unpredictable, you know. You yeah. could, I could say that, and then probably tomorrow my piece. Is, is <laughs> yeah, all of our fans are gonna go out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that brings us to a point where we were gonna talk about this mural that you've done um, in Adelaide. Would you like to tell us a bit more about that and uh, um, yeah. how it came about? Yeah, that that was um, it was done in a spontaneous way, which is how I like to do all my work. Yeah. You know, I uh, like I said how I came from that real structured community arts and mural commission background in, in South Australia where everything was, um, you know, had to be approved and because those walls were, they were often funded as well. So if there was, if they were commissioned, then there was, you had to sort of, um, you know, the design had to be approved and all that kind of stuff. So you know, when I moved to London, I, I let all of that go. And as in painting in the area of London where I, I live and where most of the street art is, you know, it's, it just, you just go for it and no one asks questions kind of things. Um, so that, that, I, that became very refreshing for me. So most of the walls I paint, uh, they're not paid, but I would rather, um, I'd rather have, the creative freedom to do what I want, mm, and yeah. and yeah, so to me it's actually worth it. I would write, and now and now you enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I enjoy it, and I get asked to do sometimes paid walls like with a a commission where it's like a brand or something, and often I actually don't do it. I actually, unless I really need to pay my rent, you know, I'm really struggling <laughs> for money. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I. Yeah, I would don't, don't mention those names. No, yeah, <laughs> um, but I, 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 don't know. I just don't, I don't like it when I have to write a logo in the corner or something. I just yeah, uh, and have guidelines so much. Um, you know, that that's a commission work, and that's fair enough. That's what you know many mm. artists or designers work with. But yeah. street art, you, you don't have to follow the commission process. You can, you know, you can you can find the wall and do it yourself. Can you see street art progressing now? What, and can you tell us why you think it's taken so long for it to not be just prevalent? I mean, it's beautiful stuff. Why wouldn't we want it on every single wall of every single street in every single country, in every single world? Why has it taken so long to get just to this stage? And can you see it getting to the stage where I talk about? Uh, yeah, I, I think it's, it's, it, it's pretty close. to it. It seems to me at the stage that you're talking about it's like to me it could not be any more well, it probably could be more it could always could be more but it seems right now very accepted 
and pre- pre- prevalent throughout the world. I mean, come on, like, there's how many street art coffee table books are there? It's yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's but I think there's some, there's some cities like Adelaide. I think, you know, we've got quite a lot of new street art in the center of the city. But each one, it's kind of a big deal. The artist has been commissioned. They've had to go through a whole process to get approved. Like, I wouldn't yeah. say it's everywhere in Adelaide. No, 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 not at all. It's not, yeah. no, no, that's, but Adelaide has its own, you know, Adelaide is a very structured kind of city, uh, you know, it's, which I hope we're kind of breaking out of. And I think we yeah. are, I think we are. Yeah. But it's, it's quite difficult. It's a very um, heritage yeah. based city. That's, you know? that's creates an issue, I guess. You know, and Absolutely. you know, when I'm driving through the city streets, there's all these, these beautiful heritage buildings and mm. they, you know, they do... Need an upgrade with paint. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Some of your paint. Yeah, possibly. But I, I can see what, you know, why they also are kind yeah, of clean of and stuff like that. It's different. But I, 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 you know, I want, I hope Adelaide can get a lot more risk taking, like with the architecturally as yep. well. It's starting to, but, you know, Melbourne seems to do it well, has the... A lot of like ambitious, crazy like architecture risks that still sits with the um you know within you know the heritage kind of um tr- tr- traditions. Um, um, oh sorry. Oh yeah. So uh, no no go on, go on. Well, I I remember having a, a conversation with a guy at a party a few years ago, and he was telling me about the history of his time growing up doing graph and in Adelaide and he ended up doing a lot of artwork and whatnot and doing a lot of graphing on the streets and he ran with a group of guys and they had a name for their gang and there were gang over here and all that were you was that apparent when you were in Adelaide is this something that you're familiar with did you have a, a gang uh, yeah we're a crew yeah the crew. Cool? <laughs> yeah yeah of course all right, all right, um, cool. So, what was it called? Yeah, can you? Uh, we can't do it out now. Probably not. Uh, put it, no, keep that anonymous. Yeah, that's good. We like a little bit of anonymity. Yeah. I can, yeah. I can appreciate that. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to go back to your last question about. Yeah. Um, also, you know, you're saying why isn't there street art everywhere? Yeah. Also, there are cultural differences as well, and how uh, public art is accepted or not accepted, and that's what one thing I was really kind of surprised with Brazil, is how they're really not scared to make a mess um, and get paint all over the footpath, yeah. all over the road. And the residents, or I mean, they don't even blink an eye. Yeah. And I see my friends just like testing paint or pouring paint out on the footpath in the middle of the road in front of the neighbors' houses. The neighbors are just kind of like chatting, smiling, hey, what are you painting today? And you know, it's a different mentality. Yeah. But you know, when I was doing walls in Adelaide, I was like masking, taping my edges, not yeah. drop sheets to you know, perfection. Yeah. You can't get, but and that's what when I did the collaboration walls in Brazil they were painting on the wall and the guy started coming off and painting on the footpath and it was yeah. like the wall the artwork was leaked they have no bounds to their thing. and so, so this, that's actually to me really refreshing okay. at the same time you know but of course it's it's not going to work everywhere no so there are kind of different art street art sits differently in different cities you can't just transfer necessarily you know that a group of artists to one city to the other so easily you know places like Lisbon and Portugal has its own feel its own aesthetic Berlin does as well and you know each one does so yeah what do you think could be done in Adelaide and for you know other Australian cities to I guess um, you know facilitate more street art and encourage more of that kind of public art and public expression um what um 
See, we can edit all this. Yeah, that's we can, yeah. We, we can edit all this. I don't that's, know who that is. And by the way, we, we, I think we're probably going to edit half that stuff out about the university. About the, the no, phys- that was the great. Physics, the physics show at the beginning. <laughs> no, that's the only bit we're keeping. <laughs> no, yeah, no, really, we don't need that. What, what paths did you go down as far as researching spirituality to get influence and to, on um, your journey in life? No, that's, well, that's a, kind of, a, yeah, hard to say because that relates to just how you find your own meaning in the world and and that you know people seek that or find that feel connected through different ways um so yeah so that is something that is that's what i want to talk about that idea of interconnection it's still i've always been interested in that underlying thing of what how we relate to each other that's what my work used to be about it's more like how we related to each other. It was always about the human subject, uh, in, in the, often in the context of the city, in my work, very kind of the, the urban narrative paintings. But then it, it became more about how we are connected to um, everything else, to our nature and to the universe. And then that in itself becomes very quite spiritual in itself. Yeah. Those kind of questions. So Amen. Sort of Amen. That's really awesome, you know? Yeah. The, um, the kind of the sort of feeling I get when I look at some of your um, murals is that you know these sort of subatomic particles or whatever or the suggestion of them in your work kind of looks like it's coming out of the person whether it's like maybe you know it's not actually coming out of it's usually yeah. around them but yeah. it, it gets it gives the impression that it's either coming out of their mind or out of their body coming forward exactly is that the, is there I mean, is that what you kind of mean when you're talking about spirituality in, in, in an interconnected kind of way yeah it is as when I talked about when we went when we were doing the science show at the beginning um, uh, I, I, I talked about um, the how it can relate to kind of more uh, like matter at a quantum level but it can also relate to the idea of energy. So that, that comes through my work is often, um, and that what you're saying, how it feels like it's coming out, yeah, that is a projection of, of, or, of energy, or it might be how you know, we're um, connecting to one another, or um, yeah, and most of it now is about is the connection to, to the earth, or yeah. to the, um, the greater cosmos. Yeah. And um, so, and there's, there's kind of two sources of where the energy is coming from in my artwork. If you see, there's two main, the, the, the strongest underlying thing is the heart. Mm. If you actually can look at a lot of my work, you'll see that the heart is a thing. And often there is, the heart will be somehow distinguished a little bit differently, painted in different colors. Um, but it's, it, it's always sort of evident in the work somewhere. There's always a reference to it. Yeah. The other one is it might it's kind of other things like more kind of yeah psychic um, or like what what's known as the third eye, mm. um, which is how we another way of how we connect to the world. And sometimes mm. I have you know um, energy, uh, you know, um, emanating from that source. Yeah. Yeah. And how do you achieve that? Do you have to get into a meditative state? Do you need to? Drink, drink alcohol, or coffee. Yeah, or no. Smokes. You know, there's a book that um, you were reading by Stephen king was it that was talking about how he uses smoking as oh well yeah stephen king um he wrote pretty much all his greatest books completely off his head on cocaine basically oh really oh yeah. okay i thought yeah. it was, i thought it was cigarettes wow but... i never heard that Did yeah he, 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 he does he's got this great um audio book about um 
basically how to be a great writer. But that, but he talks about that as that that was sort of what he thought he needed to do to get to that state. Um, but then he obviously found it very destructive and found other ways to get to that state. So it wasn't he wasn't recommending that people do yeah. that. So what do you need? What do you um, do? No, mine, mine was um yeah, it's more it's more like meditation. Yeah. Do you have any techniques that you could tell our listeners just if they were, say, beginners to meditation? Um, Just if they're interested in maybe trying one of the the beginning techniques that you you maybe started with that you found benefit. Yeah, I I, I mean, I I think there are different um, schools of meditation. And I I used to do yoga for many years. And, you know, even in yoga, they're always trying to quieten, quieten the mind. Or, and focus on the breath that, that, that is linked to meditation as well that is the, that, that is the start I guess those two things quietening the mind and focusing on breath but, but you know I, I, my meditation became very much a heart meditation and that's um, and that's and, you know sort of being in the space of the heart and but in order to do that it was it was through a connection first connecting to um, to the earth, um, but it's and you first you've got to be you got to be, to be in the heart. You have to be in a place of unconditional love, and unconditional love for yourself. Yes. Yep. Yep. And so it's not 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 easy to do because if you carry any density in your heart, any traumatic experience from the past, you can't go into that space until you've dealt with those things. And how did you learn to get into that space? I'm assuming that you've been in that space or you might be in that yeah. space right now. Yeah. <laughs> I would, I'd like to say I was in that space right now. Jimmy does look very chilled right now. Because, no, because that, that is the goal actually for me is, is to be in that, yeah, to be in the heart of, of every day when, yeah. and when you walk about it, existence. You know, because it's, I, it's a different place from, than the brain. I actually don't really know what you mean. And there's probably some people yeah. listening that might not either. So can you sort of explain what you mean by being in the heart? Yeah, it's um, it's I, 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 you know. it's a very difficult thing to explain to someone what would be a feeling, if essentially is is that sort of a good way to sort of yeah, make it easy it, for you? I guess it's just um, it's you know the, the the mind. There's always a lot of chatter and in and in a dialogue, so it's sort of not being distracted. It's like I guess what the you know maybe Buddhist or other forms of meditation would say it's like being in the um, in the flow in, state in the eternal present or yeah um, the, it, it's, it's, it's awareness basically um, yeah and it, it's, a space, it's the space of the child it's the, the inner child it's a space of curiosity of, of you know of, of joy that, that's a state a condition that we can be in every day and we should be in we you know we, we just distract ourselves with so many Things um, yeah. in you know just in obligations or tasks, but is as you as a human being right now living this existence, it's your right to be completely in a state of ecstasy and happiness right at this moment. Mm. And you That's can, so good. And you can if you want. And yeah. You just, but you have to. Sounds choose. awesome. But yeah, yeah. And you so have to work. You have to work towards it. It's not. I want to. I want to do that. It sounds yeah. great. <laughs> yeah. I, and and, and every, we all have our journey and our path. You know. Yeah. There's different things for different times and. What I'm saying might not resonate with someone who's listening, and it might resonate with someone else. And you know, so we're all at different stages of the journey for ourselves. Um, and if one person listening it resonates with, then then this has done its job. Yeah, I, yeah, that, I I hope so. I've read a book recently, 
which goes goes into this, and it's called the Four Agreements, and I won't say the oh. author's name because I think, I think I'm going to butcher it. But it's just over here. It's called Don Miguel Ruiz, <laughs> and it's a really good book, David. If you yeah. want to, if you want to explore this idea of so quieting the mind. The show, sorry, to interrupt. We we've started off on the the, fit, the quantum show. Yeah, that's then what we I went think. a little bit to the art show, mm, and now we've gone to the new, now we've gone to the new age yeah. show. This is the new age podcast. That's yeah. it. Yeah, with your host. Um, yeah, I'm your host. Yeah, our our podcast always seem to end in a. Uh, Let's go. Why don't we end um, there? I have a couple more questions. Okay, cool, yeah. So, um, so remember we can edit this stuff out. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's that's that. Your listeners are just going, what the, hell have I, what the hell have I tuned into? That was awesome. Yeah, that so was so the so best thing I've ever done all day. <laughs> <laughs> I spilled my coffee okay. once on my desk. I then spilled a glass of water on my other desk. I then came home and spilled like another glass of water all on the bench. So yeah. that om, you know what though? You know what though? There wouldn't be too many, um, you know, like grown men in their thirties and forties that would sit around oming together, particularly when they never met. Yeah, yeah. So you yeah. know, that's we're probably reverting yeah. a little bit to the, you know, well, the child state. This, they probably also did this at the ABC <laughs> <laughs> or on three D radio. Um, I thought it might actually be useful. I don't think we said um, if anyone is interested in seeing your mural in Adelaide, where exactly can they find it? Uh, yeah, the one I just did is um, it's in it's on it's Rundle Street, but in Kent Town. Yeah. So um, right up Rundle Street continues from Rundle Street in the city, crossover Fullerton Road. Then there's that Bunnings on the left, and then Tim Cat Cafe. It's up on that side, but sort of up right up the, the top end. It's in a kind of little some building in their kind of front car park section. Yeah. It's just up there. We should go check it out. Yeah, we're definitely going to check it out. And all your listeners have got to check it out as well because we've got a world-renowned artist doing street art on our street. Big up to Adelaide. Adelaide's a changing place. Let's change that sphere, that prickly Adelaide vibe that we had from (laughs) all those... too many, count, up, too many council meetings. Yeah, too many council meetings. We're going to try and transform this into an artistic, <laughs> vibrant city with cool bars and cool music. And, and We're most of the way there. We're getting there. We're getting so. there, for sure. Right. Yeah. Um, another question I had is, you know, we, we briefly talked about Banksy earlier. And I was talking to William here the other day about street art. And I kind of realized that from a lay, you know, I'm a lay person in terms of street art, even though I really like it and I seek it out when I go traveling and I love, love looking at it. I don't really know the people behind it. And, you know, Banksy would be one of the, you know, I would only probably know a few names and he's obviously a household name that everybody knows about. He'd you know, be the, easily the most famous street artist in the world. I'm sort of wondering, is he, to other street artists, is he kind of considered to be like mainstream or is he an icon that people live up to? Um, or look uh, up to, sorry. Yeah, he's um, to other street artists. He's um, I I think it's like the ones who were there with him at the time from his generation. I think they really respect what he's done. Then there's the other one. Then it's, there's kind of the gap. He almost became too much of his other his untouchable kind of other thing. So he's almost for some of the street artists, he's um, he's just yeah, he's, he's almost elitist or no, yeah it was, it, I mean he did it's amazing what he did he, you know he, cre- he created so much myth um, around his identity and um, but yet he's you know he still manages to do what he wants to do um, 
and get get his message out there. So, um, yeah, I um, it's hard for me to say. You'd you'd have to ask other street artists to see what they thought. You know? Do you um do you know Banksy? No, I don't. Not personally. I know um, his friends, like you know people that kind of painted with him. Yeah. Back in the graffiti days. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, it is that you said when the yeah he he sort of built up so much hype around his name to the point where he was so famous and that, you know, that's obviously great for his art because, you know, I was, I was telling William, like when um, my girlfriend and I went to, uh, went to Israel and Palestine, we went on a specific trip to go and see his, you know, paste ups on the separation wall. Yeah. And, you know, we're people that don't really know a lot about street art, but because he is such a, you know, mm. iconic artist, that was something that, that we did so he was sort of really you know able to i guess capture market what he audience. does and, and capture a really large audience which is which is positive yeah, he's got a good message to prove and i, I think that he has generally quite a good message to, to no no, to he's, say no, as well. he's, no to me he's, i'm completely um, admirable i'm um i completely admire his whole career everything and yeah. he would be at the forefront of progressing just like you are now um, progressing street art into the mainstream culture as well. So you guys are pioneers and leading. Makes and it accessible really, to people. We really yeah. appreciate it as far as like observation because I want to see more of it. Um, I want everyone to lighten up a little bit and, and enjoy some beautiful art rather than worry about catching that bus, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's that moment that you're talking about that you're in, that you are probably in when you paint this painting that symbolizes something that can bring people back into a moment and think, ah, and now that they know you did that, and they know that your your basis is around heart and whatnot. They can look at that painting and they can they actually will. feel that now. They yeah they they like yeah they should be able to find it. Even that wall in Adelaide. All if you can't people, find it, we'll take you there. All, <laughs> all those things I talked about, they're they're there in that wall that I painted as well. So. All right. Well, thank you very much. That was awesome. To check out Jimmy C's latest. Do you call it a painting? Do you call yeah, it a painting? Yeah, painting, piece, wall. Piece, wall. Piece, I like piece. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jimmy C's piece uh, for peace. On Run the Street. Check it and out. And with that, I would say peace. Boom!